Hey, what's going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Night and Runs podcast. This is Coach Chris, and thank you for listening to this. It's January 5th as I record, so happy new year. I'm always excited at the beginning of a new year. I, I do like to think of it as a fresh start and a clean slate. There's a whole bunch of new things that I'm trying to implement this year that I really think are just going to help improve my life and everything I do here at Night and Runs for you, for the better, and I'm excited to get into it. On today's episode, I want to talk about four ways that I've recently broken through a plateau in my own running and have gotten a lot faster in the past few months. These are things that I'm really excited about because honestly, for the past two or three years, I I have felt like my speed has mostly been plateaued. Though I've continued to make small improvements in the marathon and I've lowered my PR from 254 all the way down to 246 during the past few years, I didn't get too many PRs in shorter distances than the marathon. And I chalked up a lot of my improvements in the marathon to just becoming more experienced at the event and improving my endurance for it rather than necessarily getting getting overall faster. But recently, in the past couple of months, I, I have, and I've set new PRs in the mile, the one mile run, significant PRs, ones that I wasn't sure that I would frankly ever break again. So it feels awesome to in 2023 to have run both a PR in the marathon as well as the half, uh, sorry, as well as the one mile run, because if I have that range, that that clearly means that I'm in the best shape of my life. And every every run in between 5K, 10K, half, I should be in shape to run my best times in those as well. So I'm feeling really good with my running right now and, and excited about it. So there's four reasons why I think I've been able to break through that plateau. And those are what I want to share with you today in hopes that you can incorporate them into your own running this year. So the Night and Runs podcast is supported by listeners like you. If you enjoy this show, you can support it by joining me on my Patreon page, which is at patreon.com slash night and runs. There's a few different tiers that you can sign up for there. And if you join up, you will get uh, my sincere thanks. I'll send you a personal note. You can ask questions for the show. You can get Night and Run stickers. You can join our community and get your support uh, questions. You can get your questions answered and support throughout your running journey as well. So if you enjoy the show and want to encourage me to keep making it for you, uh, please consider becoming a supporter at patreon.com slash night and runs. It really means a lot to me and my family. Thanks. All right, so let's get into the content for today. The four ways that I've broken through a plateau and have gotten faster in the first few months. So the first thing is setting clear goals for what I want to achieve. And specifically having these goals be different than what I had been doing previously. So 
there's two things that are extremely important if you want to see progress in your life. I think one thing is having a clear vision of what you want to achieve, knowing specifically what you want to achieve. And, and once you can see that clearly, you know what to work towards. If you don't have a clear goal and you haven't made this vision of what you want to become and what you want to achieve, you will just aimlessly go about your running and through life. I set a clear goal that I wanted to run a personal best in the one mile run this winter. My PR in the one mile was four minutes and 50 seconds. And I set that in a, a track race in 2020, uh, 2019. But I didn't have a ton of experience in track running. I never did it in a high school or college. And my experience as an adult was fairly limited. Having just come off of the Chicago Marathon and run a PR in the marathon of 246, I wanted to mix it up. I'm thinking I may run a marathon in the fall, perhaps the New York City Marathon, and I know I need to get faster if I'm going to want a PR in that more challenging marathon uh, if I'm going to go take that on. So I always encourage my listeners, my athletes to focus on getting fast over shorter distances and then parlay that to the marathon. So I set this clear goal of wanting to PR in the mile. And this is not something that I ever focused on before, but I was excited to do it this winter. Here in the New England area, there's a, a large number of open track meets that any adult can join. And from my experience coaching high school track and my limited experience running in track meets myself, I just love it. I, I absolutely love competing in track. I love coaching track. I love watching track professionally. It's maybe my favorite form of running and competing. And I knew this would be a motivating goal for me. I knew taking down my 450 mile PR would be challenging, but it would be a very different challenge than what I just took on with the marathon training I was doing for Chicago. So I made this clear vision and I knew I wanted to achieve it. I knew I wanted to break 450 and I knew this was a different goal for me. It was going to be a, a different physical challenge. It was going to require a different type of training. Uh, it was going to have a need to have a different mindset to approach it. And I, having this clear vision and having this change in what I was doing helped me get to my goal. The vision is so essential because you need to know what you're working for every day. You need to know why you're getting out there and doing your runs. And the the, the change, the, the reason why it's important to be doing something different is because our bodies respond positively when we challenge them in new ways. When we keep doing the same thing month after month or training season after training season or even year after year, our bodies do not adapt as well as if we are continuously seeking out new challenges and new ways to improve. The second thing that I've done to break through a plateau is focusing on quality with my running more so than quantity this, this year. I'm definitely running less miles now than I have in the past. I, I'm running quite a bit, so I'm running 
40 to 60 miles per week, depending on the week. In the past, I've I've run more at times. I've run 70 or 80 um, in, in high levels of training. Um, the highest I ever went was like 90 miles for one week, but that was never consistent. I've definitely run more, but that was more during marathon training where most of the miles are, are easy, slow. Even the faster miles are fairly moderate. Um, nothing super fast. One of the great things about running is that the mileage that you build will stay with you for a long time. So right now, as I focus on the mile distance, I am running less mileage. However, my body's still benefiting from all of the the years of higher mileage that I ran when I was marathon training. So now as I transition to, to mile training, I can focus a bit more on the quality of my runs rather than just sheer quantity. So what this means is I'm making sure that every run has a clear purpose. I'm doing strides in almost all of my runs. I'm not just going out and running easy every day. Um, I'm still following generally an 80-20 principle. I'm not, d- just because you're mile training doesn't mean that everything you're doing is hard. Far from it. It's still 80-20. However, strides every day. Um, the workouts are all good quality. So intervals at mile pace um, or faster, weekly tempo run that I'm really prioritizing. The long run is not as important right now. It's the speed workouts. It's the mile pace workouts. It's the tempo workout. And the the, the long run is just enjoyable. It's just get out there and, and you know do a long run, a bit shorter, between 12 to 15 miles. It doesn't need to be 15 to 20, like when you're marathon training. And Overall, just trying to focus on those workouts and the daily strides, run them with good form, give my intention towards those, and you know, not necessarily sweat the total mileage. Of course, when you're training for shorter distances, your mileage still is very important. Don't get me wrong. Um, if I could run more and wanted to run more, I think I would benefit from that. And I, and I am trying to slowly creep it back up. Um, but just with the way my life is right now, 40 to 60 a week has been a good amount. Um, and one of the nice things about mile training or 5K training is though you would benefit almost certainly from running more mileage, you can get by with less, especially if you focus on quality over quantity. So I think that that change, again, talking about change and differences um, as I train for the mile versus marathon, I think that this change of really focusing on quality has helped me break through a plateau. One of the things um, my wife and assistant coach at Knighton Runs, Erica Knighton, tells me all the time is, I just wasn't getting enough variety in my training. And now that she she programs my training, she's giving me more variety in the workouts and the types of runs that I'm doing overall throughout the week. And that's really helping me break through this plateau. The third thing that I'm doing that is really helping, I think, is giving a lot of attention to doing form drills as well as plyometric exercises every week. So I typically run two, maybe three workouts per week now that I'm mile training. And 
doing my form drills and plyos are a part of the warm up for all of those workouts. This is something that I think is really, really helpful for distance runners to do, uh, especially if you're going to be training for, for distances shorter than the marathon, but marathoners should be doing this stuff as well. So drills are things like skips, uh, a skips, B skips, B skips, C skips, running with high knees, doing butt kicks, uh, sideways, jumping jacks, karaoke. These are all things that I do before a workout. Um, there's other exercises as well. Plyometrics that I'm doing things like box jumps, um, bounding, um, pogo jumps. These are things that I, I add to before my workouts and they, what they do, they do really, uh, three different things. So they improve your running, the form drills, improve your running form. They, um, the, the plyometrics and the form drills combined, uh, both help increase your, your amount of fast twitch muscle fibers. They get you to be more snappy and responsive when you call on your body to act. As distance runners, we primarily use our slow twitch muscles, and we're leaving a lot on the table by not training the the faster twitch muscles uh, in our body and, and training our nervous system to react quickly when we need to. So all these form drills and plyos, you, you do them quickly. You're teaching your body to be bouncy and to, to react quickly and be explosive. These are all really helpful um, traits to have when it comes to running fast, especially when you're training for shorter distances like the mile or the 5k, but it will improve your finishing kick in all distances as well. And even for people just training for half marathons and marathons right now, improving your, your form is super important. Another thing that I I've read that plyometrics help do is because they increase the amount of fast switch muscle fibers that you can call upon and, and improve um, your, your neurological response when you call on your body to run fast, it actually helps improve your overall running economy. So your running economy is how much oxygen your body takes to run a certain pace. And, you know, when you run more, more efficiently, when you run um, with stronger muscle fibers and a more diverse set of trained muscle fibers that can, can power you, you're going to use less oxygen, um, for any given pace. So even when you're running easy pace or, or marathon pace, you're going to use less oxygen to do that, which in turn is going to help you run faster. So as part of my warm up now, I generally run, two, two and a half miles. Generally, that's about 20 minutes for me. And then I do about 10 minutes of form drills and plyometrics before I then get into my workout of the day. I think that that's been really helpful. And I typically do that two or three times per week. Now, the fourth thing that I've done that's helped me to break through a plateau and gotten get faster in the last couple of months is to be very selective about choosing competitive races where I know I'll be challenged and I'll know I'll be able to do my best and races that I'm very excited to do. So 
I've been doing track races in the last last couple of months. I've run two miles. I ran one at Boston University and I ran one at the track at New Balance. And these were very competitive races for me. One of the things that I love about track is you will, no matter what your pace is, you'll get seeded into a heat where your competitors are a similar ability level to you. So one of the challenges with a lot of road races is you might go to a road race and you have no one to really run with. It's most road races are really a time trial. Um, you may get lucky if it's a big race and find some folks who are your pace and you can run with them and you can push each other and help each other run a faster time. But I would say the majority of road races that I do, that's, that's just not the case. And I think for most folks, um, you know, you often get into road races where you, where you struggle to find anyone really going your pace or anyone to, to really run with or, or help push you. But in these track races, for example, you put in your seed time, you put in the time that you expect to run or hope to run and everyone else is the same or, or close to it. So when I ran at Boston university in the mile, uh, the fastest person was I think four forty five. And the slowest person was like 452. So everyone's within seven seconds of each other in the mile. And as we do this track race, you're all very close to each other. It's very competitive. Um, it's a strategic race. You're trying to get the best out of yourself. You're trying to pass your competitors. You're trying to uh, listen to how they're breathing, watch how they're running and respond to them. And if you're a if you're a competitive athlete, that will make you work harder, and it collectively makes everyone in the race work harder. Raises the level of performances as everyone's trying to compete and do their best, and and beat their competitors. And you will run a faster time when you do this. When I ran uh, at BU, I ran four fifty point six which was a very, very small PR. I think it was like a 0.16 second PR. So very, very small, but I was super happy with it because it was my season opener for the mile. And I had hoped to run a PR by the end of the winter season, but I'd done it in my first race by a fraction of a second. So that made me really, really excited. And I felt great. Two weeks later, I ran at the track at New Balance in a open meet and again, was in a very competitive heat people my ability uh, started in the back of the race slowly moved up over the course of the race ended up finishing in second which was which was awesome um, I was getting a lot of motivation passing my competitors as the race went on and I ran to my surprise 445 so I ran a five second PR in that race and now that's my current PR 445 I <laughs> I'm really, I'm just still kind of shocked that I ran that fast. And now I'm setting my sights in a few more weeks to run another mile. And I'm going to try to run 440 flat. Getting in these competitive races is so helpful to unlocking your true potential. And I think the lesson to take here is to be very selective in the races you choose to do. Knowing that a lot of road racers are not very competitive, you you got to think about 
who you are, what you're trying to achieve, what time you're trying to run, what you expect the other athletes in the race are trying to run. Will you have people your ability who you can run with or will you not? Um, this is not always going to be related to how fast or, you know, if, if you're a fast athlete or a slow athlete or somewhere in between, you know, it ver- races can be very different from one race to another and who enters it. So when you're, when you're thinking about signing up for a race, look up the historical results, see who has finished this race in the past, what their times were, see if there's a lot of people close to your finish time. If there is, then you can be fairly confident that you'll have people to run with. But if there is not, then I would really encourage you to choose a different race. Because if you have a lot of people going your pace, people of similar ability to you, you can run with them and you can push each other and support each other and help each other. And if you're competitive in nature, you'll ultimately want to try to beat them at the end. But along the way in the road race, you you work together and support each other. So what I love about racing and competition is it's it's friendly competition. You know, when I run a mile or a 5K, yes, I want to beat my competitors, but I want to work with them so that we both run our best and get the best out of each other to push each other along the way. And then, you know, ultimately at the end, I hope that I'm the strongest runner on the day. But I'm so thankful for them whether I um, win the race or lose the race, because I know that they helped me get the best out of myself and I hopefully helped them get the best out of themselves as well. This is why when people do solo time trials on a track or bike path or something like that, they're never as fast as they would be in a real race. So choose competitive races. And since so many of my listeners to this podcast are marathoners, I think with marathons, this is something you want to be extremely selective about. I'm a huge proponent now of doing the world marathon majors, and I always recommend these to my athletes. Other races that are comparable to the world marathon majors, things like the Marine Corps Marathon and CIM, I think that these are these are great too. But I'm not a huge fan anymore of you know, very small marathons. I think that that small marathons, um, they don't have the same energy as the big ones. And if you're okay with that, I think it's fine. But I think for many people and me included, the energy that comes with the big marathons is very, very worthwhile. You know, I've, I've felt tremendous when I ran the Boston Marathon and tremendous when I ran the Chicago Marathon. And it was so helpful being with all those other athletes and running alongside them the whole time. But then when I think about some of the other marathons that I've done that have been smaller, um, often I was running alone or just strung out with a few people ahead of me, a few people behind me. And it was a lot less fun and a lot harder to want to keep going. So I'm a big proponent of these big marathons when it comes to getting the best out of yourself. All right. So that is the four ways that I've broken through a plateau in the past couple of months. 
Again, I'm so happy to have PR'd in both the, the marathon and the mile last year. And as I head into 2024, I'm continuing my campaign to improve in the mile distance um, this winter. Got a couple more track races coming up. Um, hopefully, I can I can lower my 445 that I just set. I'm going to try to run close to 440 in my next track race. And I would love to get into the 430s. I think for, once you're in the 430s, like that's a really fast time. I sort of think of that like, wow, like you're like a you're a really good athlete um, for a man. So we'll see if I can do that. Um, that would be a fun goal to get to somewhere in the 430s. I think I could live happy with that if I never ran faster, but we'll see. Um, also want to try to get a PR in the 5K now. I'm pretty sure I'm in 5K PR shape after running the mile that I just ran. So um, I'll probably do a track or a road race. I'm hoping to do the BAA 5K at the very least in April. And um, still not totally sure about what my fall plans are, but thinking about maybe doing a marathon. And I, I know that the speed I build this spring is only going to help me when I go back to the half or the full and try to try to run my best there again. So as we begin 2024 here, I hope that you can reflect back fondly on everything you accomplished in 2023. I hope that you can think about some new things you want to incorporate into your running and into your life this upcoming year. Set queer goals. Make a vision for what you want to achieve. Try something different. And if you want to get faster, maybe think about focusing a bit more on quality over quantity. Be good about doing drills and try to incorporate some plyometrics. And be sure that you choose competitive races. These four things, I think, can really help you out this year. If you want to learn more about what I teach and coaching that I do and how I train my athletes, you can actually get a free copy of my book, Run Faster Marathons, The Proven Path to PR. It's available on my website. Just go to nightandruns.com slash book, and I'll send you the preview edition of that. And if you would um, be interested in training plans or working with me one-on-one potentially this year, just go to nightandruns.com and you can check out the training programs and coaching services that I have available. That's all I've got for today. I hope that you're doing well. And till next time, this has been Coach Chris on the Night and Runs podcast. Happy running and happy new year. Bye.